Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And you guys remember the universal truth? You guys remember the universal truth? We used to talk about the universal truth every single week on this podcast. And today I'm going to review because you guys know the universal truth, right? I've talked about it, introduced it, described it, taught it, explained it. I've used analogies, examples together on this podcast over the last three, four years. We've proven it biologically. We've proven it energetically. We've proven it. We've talked about it exoterically and esoterically, and it's the universal truth for how life works. Probably the most important concept any human being can ever learn. The most important skill, cognitive mastery and emotional ownership. I don't know a more important skill for any human to have at this moment in existence other than maybe reading. (laughs) right? Like reading, being able to understand symbols. Other than being able to understand symbols in written word, I don't know another skill that's more important than cognitive mastery. And the foundation of cognitive mastery is understanding the universal truth for how life works. So I'm going to very quickly, well, I say very quickly, the bulk of this podcast is going to be to review the universal truth for how life works. Because it's been a long time since we've talked about it, and I really want you guys to understand, because no matter what is going on in your life, (laughs) let me put it this way, brother, no matter what is going on in your life, if you understand intellectually, if you understand intellectually the universal truth for the way life works, then you can utilize a very simple tool called the model of alignment, and you can utilize this very simple tool, and No matter what it is, no matter what is going on in your life, you can literally change your perspective, which then will actually change your reality, which is something we're going to talk about today on this podcast, because the universal truth for the way life works is essentially, I want to make this as brief as possible, and yet with all the information that's required, you know, sufficient efficient yet sufficient, because I want you guys to really understand that we begin the universal truth for the way life works with the circumstance. And it always begins there. It begins with our relationship. Life is relationship. We can't be in isolation. The term isolation is a misnomer. You know, it's impossible to be in isolation. Because no matter how you may try to describe isolation to me, if you say, well, that's not true, coach. Like we could get isolation. We could have isolation this way. We could have isolation that way. And no matter what it is that you say is isolation, by definition, you are still in relation. The being in isolation is still in relation to whatever is containing them in some kind of isolation. For example, if we're talking about the isolation room, like in a prison, like, you know, solitary confinement. Okay, so they're isolated from the rest of general population, but they're still in relationship to whatever's going on. The sounds they can hear, the walls they can touch, the smells they experience in that room, you know, the food that they eat, they're still in relationship to that food. They're still in relationship to their own experience 
of hunger, of being cold or hot, of being dirty, clean, and so on. So no matter what, even if you go say, well, what if you go into a cave, into a temple, into an ashram, if you isolate, if you renounce the world, so to speak, you're never really in isolation. So we begin with the circumstance always. The circumstance is required. That's where the universal truth for the way life works begins. But it's not the circumstance that creates or is even as we experience it. It isn't our reality. It provides us the data. It provides us the sustenance for us to work with, for us to begin to have our experience, our human experience with. It's just raw data because the circumstance is information. It's information that we uptake through our five senses. It's information that moves to the brain, as we call it. Now, the brain and the mind are two different things. And again, I'm going to talk about that on this podcast, but they work together. The mind is the esoteric. It's the invisible. It's the energetic. It's the conduit to a realm of energy that is invisible to us. It's vibrational speed. The brain is the organ in the body, right? That's what I mean, because when we uptake the data from the circumstance, from the quote-unquote outer world, and there is really no outer that's how we're able to uptake the data. We uptake the data because there is no outer. There appears to be an outer, and it's barriered by our skin, <laughs> right? The outer world is separate from who we are or who we think we are, essentially by our skin, if you think about it, because it's our body that contains our identity. Well, that feels weird to say out loud, doesn't it? It might even feel weird to hear out loud. This idea you have of yourself this name you've given yourself, these labels you've attributed to yourself, titles, ideas, they all really just have to do with your skin form. They all really just have to do with that bag of meat that you carry around, that your soul kind of uses to pass through this third dimension. This split, this illusion of split, this illusion of being separate through this cellular, this, this animated perfection of, of life. And yet, it feels as though that's it. Our bodies feel like that's it. It's what we think is us. Because of how we uptake the data, how we uptake the circumstance through the skin, right? Or through the eyes, or through the ears, or through the nose, or through the tongue, or so on. But it's through the body. So we become very attached to the body, which is probably a podcast for another episode. But it begins with the circumstance. The circumstance is neutral. It's a neutral circumstance. It's just raw data. And it begins there only as data, only as information, out of our control, but completely desired by our soul, desired by our alpha state for one reason or another, to experience direct pleasure, desire, or to transmute a lower vibration into a higher vibration through mind. Either way, that circumstance becomes a thought. And when I say becomes a thought, it's a mystery of how this works because we can talk about neuroscience, we can talk about neurochemistry, and, we, and then we can talk about the mental plane of energy, talk about what are thoughts, what are these ideas of thoughts, are they the neural network, do they travel on the neural network in the brain? They come from an ethereal realm of high vibrational energy that we're all in touch with. 
And I would answer that it's both. <laughs> That's the difference, right, brothers, between the biological universal truth and the energetic universal truth or the spiritual universal truth. But either way, we have a thought, and that's really where the power begins because the thought is what determines the experience and the result. This is how the power and the practicality of the universal truth is revealed through practice, manifestation, repetition, in your life, because it begins with a thought. Of course, it begins with a circumstance because that's the moment, right? That's the here, that's the now, that's the all-encompassing oneness of presence, right? That's the circumstance, essentially. It appears to be separate than us, and that's when I went on that little tangent about separation and oneness, because it's not really separate from us. It's one with us, because it's here and now, and instantaneously, we're into our thoughts. We're into making it mean something. We're into the experience, the consciousness, the awareness of interpreting what is. That begins the thought. The thoughts create the feelings. Now, the feelings are both the vibration in the cells of our body, if we call vibration or chemical reaction, the cells of our body that provide a signal to use a physiological term, they physiologically signal to the body to act, right, to move on to the next part of the universal truth. But they also give us the experience because it's our feelings that we feel in the, quote, astral realm, right, because now we're flip-flopping back and forth between the biological universal truth and the esoteric universal truth where the astral feelings are the vibrations. That's the pure energy, that's the experience. In some ways, we can say that's the subtle realm above the physical realm, where what we're really here to do in the physical realm is to transmute the energies one realm above, which would be the astral realm, which would be to work with our feelings, work with our vibrations, experience all of our vibrations. Don't resist, because what resists persists. If we resist, we make it stronger. We just feel, we allow, we transmute. Transmute is to say transform. And we do that through the mind, of course, because we take it in with the experience. And it drives our actions, but actions are neutral, and actions are so beautifully neutral because other people's actions are your circumstances and your actions are other people's circumstances. And that's what gives them their neutrality because they're things that we see and things that we hear. We see people do things and we hear people say things. And it's all really neutral, provides us a part of the sea line, a part of the circumstance. A sea line is a part of the, the model of alignment. So it provides us a part of that circumstance, which again is a very unique part of the action, that it is so neutral, that it is just data. But it's also important because it's driven by the vibration. And because it's driven by the vibration, it's going to drive the movement of the vehicle, right? It's going to make the body act. And through that action, it's going to create a typical result based on whatever the feeling is, whatever the action is. That result will then reinforce the thought and actually becomes what the brain uses as evidence, not the mind, not the mind, brothers, but what the brain and the ego, the brain and the beta condition, use as evidence to reinforce whatever the thought was that created the result. And the brain does it for the same reason that the ego does it, but with a slight variation. And that's the universal truth. It's those five components. The circumstance, we say triggers, because we don't want to say causes or creates. It doesn't. 
It's neutral. It's raw data, but the circumstance triggers a force of creation that we call a thought. And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to actually talk about that just a tiny bit on this podcast episode, what I mean by force of creation. A circumstance triggers a force of creation that we call a thought, and that causes a chain reaction of feelings, actions, and results, which in turn provide power, provide evidence, provide a confirmation bias for that thought. That's the universal truth. And that's the review because that's very quick. Now, there's so many different facets of each one of those components that we could talk about, but you guys can go back into the previous podcast episodes to listen to that. The second thing that is important about this universal truth is that where we begin with in the circumstances that everything is everything, which is what I kind of talked about a tiny bit in that state of oneness is that we're not separate from the circumstance. And this has been proven in my very humble and narrow opinion, (laughs) in my very humble and narrow opinion, brothers, this has been proven in how we understand photosynthesis, not photosynthesis. Oh, maybe it is photosynthesis. Not how plants utilize energy from the sun, but how plants utilize energy from carbon dioxide. So it's not the photosynthesis. It's, I remember remember the word. You guys can look it up. (laughs) But it basically, humans inhale the air in the ether, right? The prana, we inhale. And what we exhale becomes the inhalation for the plants, for the trees, right? The trees then inhale the carbon, they scrub it out, and then they exhale, they release oxygen. They release breathable air for humans and animals. And it's so wild to think about that, the plant life and the flora and the fauna working together. But that symbiosis, that exchange of energy is an obvious to me example of oneness. Because even as we inhale and exhale, and it appears as though we're separate, Again, because of our skin, right? Because of this strange border, this strange boundary that we find ourselves in, this strange cellular vehicle that we can't seem to... You know, we get into a car, we get out of a car. You know, we know we're not the car, (laughs) right? Because we get in, we get out. We know we're not the car. But with the body, it's so strange because we're born into it and the only way out of it is death, right? The only way out of it is when the body's had it. Be like getting into a car and then only really ever experiencing your life in the car until the car just dies, right? The car just drove to its last mile and then that's it. And like, that's how you experience life in the car and only in the car. You can only go where the car goes. Like, that's how we experience the body. And we think that that's because we are the body, but we're only in the vehicle. Now, of course, that analogy doesn't explain the oneness because be that being in the vehicle, driving the vehicle is not a part of the outer side of the vehicle because that is really more of the truth. So we are everywhere. Everything is everything. Everything is love. In fact, everything is love is the same thing as saying everything is everything. Everything is energy. Everything is God. Everything is source. Everything is one. Everything is oneness. Everything is the all oneness. Everything is here and now. Everything is the great architect. Everything is everything. These are all synonyms, brothers. Words are a part of the problem we've created and that we're still working on transmutating, right? That we're still working on evolving past because they're symbols of symbols. You remember the telephone game? You guys remember the telephone game? Even now the telephone game is in play. Because as you guys listen to what I'm saying, the telephone game is in play. Because I have an intention. My mind is creating an intention. I have a concept I want to teach you. I have this experience of the universal truth, this experience of how thoughts literally create reality that you can determine your life 
through choosing, focusing, concentrating, through constraints and decision-making and simplicity, through confidence and free will. And there's no limit to what you can do, what you can do, what you can experience, what you can achieve, what you can... But all of it at the same time, none of it is validating. None of it is, has anything to do with you. You are just experiencing whatever it is because it is you. It doesn't need to validate you because it is you. Everything is everything. So let's define some terms very quickly, right, brothers? Let's take a look at what the mind, the mind's only job is to make your thoughts real. It's a black box, right? It's a box that it's an input-output machine. You take this box and you give it an input, which is a thought, and it spits out an output, which could be a feeling, right? We call it a feeling. But it doesn't really matter because once you feel that thing, like that's the feeling, right? Now you can re-become aware of that feeling and then have a thought about that feeling, which would then change. Talk about allowing, accepting, and embracing the feeling rather than reacting, avoiding, or resisting it. But if you're in an unconscious state, if you're in an unconscious, unintentional model, sort of that beta condition of routine, limiting belief pattern, or that behavior pattern, then as soon as that input goes in the mind, as soon as that thought goes in the mind, it actually spits out a result because the feeling and the action are unconscious. The feeling and the action is what you're probably not even aware of. In fact, I'm going to do another podcast on that, on breaking action patterns, on how to break patterns in your action, on how to start taking different actions. And of course, it comes from your thought, but you have to break into it at the thought, and then you can break into it and start changing your actions. But when you're not conscious, when you're not in your alpha state, your mind is working directly through the universal truth, just as a machine. Thought to result, thought to feeling, feeling to action, action to result. But the mind is a machine. Its only job is to make your thoughts real. Now, the brain is also a machine. <laughs> the brain is a machine, and its job is to keep your body alive. That's fascinating. It's, its job is to keep your body alive. Think about how the brain and the mind are so tied together. If the brain's only job is to keep your body alive, and think about all the unconscious effort it does for that. I mean, it regulates your temperature, it regulates your respiratory rate, your heart rate, your digestion, your immune system, your endocrine system, you know, your hormones. It does it all. It's keeping your body alive. And so I'm doing all that without you having to think about it. And then there are the things that you did think about at one point, and then you just coded. Remember the motivational triad? To seek pleasure, avoid pain, and then to code it, to automate it, to make it unconscious so that your brain doesn't have to burn up a bunch of energy thinking about doing it so that it can do it automatically. It's part of the motivational triad. So there's a lot of things that your brain is doing that you told it was a part of its necessity to keep the body alive, which may or may not actually be keeping the body alive, right? Which is actually what the ego did because the ego is different than the mind. And the ego's job is to keep the identity alive. Understand that, brothers. We have three different components here. You have the 
mind, the brain, and the ego. The mind's job is, the mind is just a machine. Its only job is to make your thoughts real. That's it. And it doesn't care. That's the thing. It's a machine. It does not care what the input is. It doesn't care what the thought is. It really doesn't. It's not a subjective machine. It doesn't judge. It's not good, bad, right, wrong. Don't do this. Like, oh, no, you, we don't, you don't want that feeling. You don't want the output I'm going to give you if you give me that thought. It doesn't do that. It just accepts. Okay. 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 It's a yes machine, <laughs> right? Whatever you give it, it's going to, it's going to take because its only job is to say okay to the thought and make it real for you. But the brain, the brain is going to resist. The brain is going to resist anything that it thinks is going to harm the body, which is usually something unfamiliar. So while the brain and the mind are not the same thing, the mind can sometimes be hijacked by the brain. Your mind, right, the thoughts that go into your mind, the thoughts that go into your machine, the thoughts that go into your reality-creating machine, sometimes come from the gray matter in your skull. Got to keep my body alive. And this is good. <laughs> this is a good thing, brother, right? Because you see a tiger, you know, escape from the cage in the zoo. Yeah, like you want to listen to the thoughts that your brain is feeding you, right? You want to listen to those thoughts of the body could die here, right? Like this is the fight or flight response. But then there's the ego and the ego is different. The ego is wild to me. I love contemplating the ego, listening to my own ego even. It's so funny because it's not real. Like the body at least has tangibility. Like at least the body we can say, okay, the body like it has, it has function, right? I can use it as a machine. I can use it like as a car. For example, the analogy I gave you, you can use the body as a vehicle to get from two points in space, to learn skills, to you know, play a musical instrument or sport. You know, the body at least has function, but the ego is so wild. It's nothing. <laughs> you know, you, you can have all the knowledge. You can have all the knowledge, all the wisdom. You can have accumulated all the information in the world and still live without ego. Because the ego is the identity. It's the idea. It's the labels. It's the titles. It's not the information. One plus one equals two has nothing to do with the ego. You know, 365 days in a year has nothing to do with the ego. And, the, and even these things are still stories. But they don't have anything to do with anybody's personal identity. And now the ego's job is to keep itself real. And because it sees itself as separate from other identities, because of its labels, titles, specifically the name. Think about the name. I am Kevin. Right. I was given this name at birth. What stronger label is there that any of us ever have besides the name? That is the ego, right? Is that label, that name. But I could change my name and still be the same person, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't exist. It's, it's a ghost. The ego is literally a ghost. But it wants to keep itself alive because of its separation. It fears what it latches onto. And what it latches onto is what it identifies in separation, which is the body. And what it fears is the body's eventual death and decay, so, which would lead to its own because of how it identifies itself and its identity, its own form. 
But there's also another chooser or guider of the mind, of the thought, of the input that goes into the mind. And that's a very fascinating thing to talk about, brothers, because just like we talk about everything, right? The synonyms, everything, love, energy, God, source, one, one is here, now, presence, you know, all these being synonyms, we can have synonyms for what I'm about to talk about as well, which is alpha state, soul, self, Buddha nature, Atman, right? Inner light, the true self. It's all the same, the higher self. Because everything else gets filtered down, right? Everything else gets filtered away. What, what isn't real doesn't exist. And what isn't real is the ego. So it doesn't exist. It's not going with us. And when I say going with us, I mean the true self, the true nature, the soul, if we want to talk about it in using that word, is eternal. But the ego is not. <laughs> you know? The ego is not coming along for the ride. The soul is going for the rest of all of eternity. Because it's the true self. And the ego is not real. So they're forces, brothers. You know what it reminds me of? This is the last thing I'll say. In fact, I'll, I'll wrap us up here because this was really just a, meant to be a review on the universal truth anyway. I'll wrap us up here. It's like, it kind of reminds me of elementary bosons. I don't know if you guys are familiar with particle physics. I think I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, period. Like I've talked a lot about particle physics, quantum physics. But basically, elementary bosons are, they're particles. I mean, they're infinitesimal bits of matter. They're so small that... They occupy a very special place in the role of particle physics. They're smaller than ordinary matter, like leptons, quarks, right? They're smaller than that. And so they're force carriers, right? They carry forces between particles. That's what a boson does. They're so small that they're like little charges of, <laughs> they're little charges of forces. For, for example, a boson would be like a strong force, the strong nuclear force, which holds the protons and the neutrons together, right? The quarks and the leptons that create the protons and the neutrons. Then it holds those together to form the nucleus of atoms and molecules and so on. The boson is the force itself. Here on this podcast, we've talked about gravity before. You know, gravity being the force. Gravity is a force. Electromagnetism, that's a force. They're forces, but they're invisible. Nobody knows what they are, right? We can measure them mathematically with physics, and, and we see the results of them, of course. We see the results of these forces, but we don't know what they are. No scientist or science itself hasn't been able to determine exactly what it is. What is its nature? You know, its quintessential nature. The closest they've got is by looking at elementary bosons, which, again, have different rates of spin. And what I find fascinating about these rates of spin is so interesting because, of course, no spin means there's no charge. And no charge, it's the Higgs. It's the Higgs mechanism, the Higgs field, which is essentially the neutrino field. It's the field of oneness, right? It's the scalar boson. But in the vector bosons, which have a spin of one, and again, one, think about this, brothers, one. Remember, there's that number coming up again, one. Photon is the force carrier of the electromagnetic field, and the photon is what comes from the human, right? It's come from the aura, and it's what we've talked about in the electromagnetic field. When we align our thoughts, we align our electro field, our thought energy with our magnetism, with our heart, our heart energy, which is really to say when we bring our thoughts in alignment with our heart. Because our heart is always, our heart is the, the alpha state. Okay, the heart is the soul, brother. Like that is the higher self. 
The heart always knows. The heart is always guiding us on that path, on the path. So really, it's not about bringing the heart and the mind into alignment (laughs) as much as it's about bringing the mind into alignment with the heart. That's really the move. I mean, to be completely accurate, that's the move. And so we bring the electro part, the mind, into alignment with the heart. And that creates the electromagnetism alignment that releases from our aura, it brightens our aura, it emanates from our aura these photons, which again, a force carrier with the spin, a boson with the spin of one. It's one and it affects that the Higgs mechanism, it affects the Higgs field or the Higgs bosons that have a spin of zero. Now, there's also a second order tensor boson, which has a spin of two. Now two, think about this brothers, two. Now we have two. Now we're in duality. Now there's not one, but there's another. There's me and you. There's us and them, right? There's two. There's the duality. And what's fascinating about this is they call it the graviton. It's a boson. And it is been hypothesized as the force carrier for gravity. Yes, for gravity. Because gravity is also a force that, again, nobody knows exactly what it is. So they say that there's this second order tensor boson with a spin of two. So this vector boson with a spin of one, the photon affecting the electromagnetic field, Right, that is our soul. Yeah, that's our soul. That's aligning our mind with our heart to create a charge, a force of alignment, of correction, of oneness, of truth. However, and here, hear me out on this like strange particle physics analogy, when we're in a spin of two, When we're in the spin of two, when the boson is a second-order tensor boson, it's just in a spin of two, and it's a graviton, then it's like a force of gravity, and that force of gravity is the ego. And the ego is a force of gravity. It gravitates. It pulls your thoughts towards it, and it lowers your vibration. It lowers the vibration of your thoughts and your experience because it is like a gravity. It's like this gravitational pull of illusion, That's what the ego is. And that's what it's so wild is that it's like the graviton, but it has a spin of two. (laughs) It has a spin of two because it sees us and them because it's split in its nature. And so it pulls in your thoughts to see two, to see two spins, to see a duality versus the photon, which is in its oneness. Look, brothers, the point of this podcast episode was to remind you guys of the universal truth and thoughts determine everything. And everything is a thought. Because if there is two, it is only because the oneness came to experience itself. The oneness, love came to experience love. God came to experience God. One came to experience one. However you want to talk about it, everything came to experience everything. It does not matter what symbols we use. What matters is how we understand that consciousness is experiencing energy. That's the only duality. And consciousness is thoughts. Thoughts determine the energy. They give meaning to the energy. They give shape to the energy. They give consistency to the energy. They give evolution to the energy. Everything begins with a thought and it becomes real. It becomes matter. I don't say real because what is real? (laughs) There are some thoughts that even though the thoughts are real, the gravitation of the thought is not real because it has a spin of two because it's a graviton because it's from the ego. It's not a photon. It's not of light. It's not of the electromagnetic field. But it all starts with consciousness. Thoughts enlightened by the soul or thoughts forced by the ego. 
Thoughts coming from the photon of the soul or from the graviton of the ego. And it's not a question of right or wrong, brothers. I'm not creating a duality here to say that the soul is better than the ego. I'm trying to create an analogy to show you that the ego doesn't exist. (laughs) It's not a question of right or wrong. It's simply a matter of dual or non-dual, real or unreal. And since what is unreal doesn't exist, there isn't any real duality at all. And that is the review, my friends. Always return to the fundamentals. Have an amazing week, my brothers. And until next episode, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, Sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.